Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. Yes, Kyler Murray is better than Deshaun Watson, and we have the proof. Several college players proved themselves ready for the NFL over the course of last week, but we begin with the first domino. Actually, two dominoes have fallen in what is expected to be a long line of quarterback movement this offseason. It's Cardinals Cover 2, episode 390, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Murray rolls to the right, throws near side, defense caught, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown. Here's Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. So Deshaun Watson has dominated the talk in recent weeks, and rightfully so. Yet he took a back seat to two other quarterbacks over the weekend, Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford. They are trading places, MJ. Your reaction to the reported blockbuster deal between the Rams and Lions involving the swap of starting quarterbacks? Well, first of all, when you, when you sense uh, there's smoke, there's fire. And it's not a surprise that the Rams felt like, you know, Jared Goff with a healthy running game. And when they had uh, a good, you know, solid defense, you know, but I think the turnover, 55 turnovers in the last uh, four years with the Rams, obviously was drafted by Jeff Fisher. And, you know, I think the, the Lions, obviously they had issues when it came to Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson when they left the franchise for different reasons. They, he, he talked to the owner and he went, he made it clear that, Hey, I enjoyed my time here, but I want to get a chance to go somewhere else. So there, everyone's on the same page there. And, you know, it looks like, you know, the Rams were number one and the Niners were number two and possibly Washington or the Colts. Um, they, they, he has a house about 20 minutes from uh, the Rams uh, stadium. SoFi stadium, his wife preferred a warmer climate and she's been in Detroit for a long time. So it makes sense. And then, you know, as Jared Goff told Mike Silver, you know, it's nice to be wanted. Um, and their new general manager and one of their front office manager, uh, uh, employees, Ray Agnew and Brad Holmes, they, they came from the Rams, so they had good intel. Now, obviously, when you give Campbell and, and um, the general manager, Holmes, a six-year contract, they're not expected to win right away. Now, the thing is, do I – does this preclude them from drafting a quarterback? Possibly not. Um, but, but obviously they're willing to pay and um, they're set up for the draft for the next few years. So it, it wasn't a surprise in everything you read over on Friday and Saturday that they were hoping to get this deal done by Tuesday and push comes to shove. It got done on, you know, on Saturday. And so now, you know, um, Alex Smith was traded from uh, Kansas city to Washington. And that deal was done similar Unfortunately, you really can't talk about it until the new league season opens up. But I'm sure, you know, golf's talk to people, and I'm sure Les Snead and, and, and Sean McVay are talking in, innuendos. Um, but you can see how excited they were. So, you know, it, you know, Cardinals have faced Matthew Stafford. You, you're kind enough to, to send me the link. Um, eight games, three, four, and one. Uh, there were other times the Cardinals played against them. Um, I, I was looking up some of the quarterbacks they had, like, Matt Hasselbeck and Teravius Jackson and, um, and some other quarterbacks they had. So as for Jared Goff, we know under McVay, he was un, unbeaten. Uh, obviously he didn't get the start in week 17, but he was seven and one against the Cardinals. Um, 
he, he started in week nine, his rookie year with Jeff Fisher. And uh, that was the only time he lost at a Cardinal. So I do think he's got a stronger arm, Matthew Stafford. Um, they're going all in and their owner, Stan Kroenke, um, they're in the LA market. We know that the Lakers are, you know, at the top and then the Dodgers, what they've done. So you're, they have competition. And, and the, to me, Stan Kroenke is worth $10 billion. And so people are going to say, well, you know, they don't have any draft picks. Well, they've traded for good players and their core is they're going all in in the next couple of years. Um, but Kroenke's more of a cash guy. He doesn't worry about the cap or the draft picks. And I think that's very evident based on what they did. Let's go back to the reported deal. And we say reported, you brought it up. It won't become official until March 17th when the new league year begins. So the teams won't be able to talk about it, but I'm sure there'll be things that will leak. And Jared Goff has already gone on the record liking this deal. But the Rams acquire Stafford, who has two years left on his contract, turns 33 in a week for Goff, who has four years left on his contracts and is 26 years old plus two future first round picks 2022 and 2023 and a third round pick this year so it is a hefty price to acquire Matthew Stafford who is a known commodity and I think if you're the Lions maybe it's time to go somewhere else that fan base probably has seen enough of Matthew Stafford. You either like him or you don't. He has no playoff wins, yet he is very productive. And I'm just curious now, MJ, you put talent around him, and not just on the offensive end, but a better defense than he had in Detroit. Just how much better of a quarterback might he be? And then for golf, it's a reset. But, you know, who are you as a quarterback? There are more questions with Goff than there are with Stafford. But from a Cardinals perspective here on this Monday edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, I ask you this, if you're the Cardinals twice a year, whom would you rather play, Matthew Stafford or Jared Goff? Well, I mean, based on the numbers, I mean, let's go back to when the Cardinals tied the Lions. Uh, Cardinals should have won last year, you know. This and we look back at the season, the Detroit game and the Carolina game and the New England game, obviously week 16 and 17. Um, in that offense, Jared Goff was very effective against the Cardinals because they, you know, again, they, they were riding the coattails of, of Todd Gurley. Um, and we know McVay's a, just like Kyle Shanahan, a very aggressive play caller. And they feel like they're going to be a better football team. So just based on Goff's numbers, um, and but if you're telling me I'm getting the Jared Goff from last year, this season, I would go against Jared Goff. But again, Stafford does have a stronger arm. And you just look at it, Craig. I mean, they still have Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup under contract. OK, they're thinking they could bring an Andrew Whitworth back at the age of 39. We know. And it doesn't look like Stafford's going to get any guaranteed money. He's going to play on the forty three million dollars and we'll see what happens there. Um, but yeah, I mean, the next time the Rams have a first round pick, Joe Biden's term, either he extends for a second term or at least that's how long it's going to be four years. And that's just the analogy I read on Twitter over the weekend, four years, they will not have a first round pick. And you know what, when I mentioned Aaron Donald, the number one defensive player in the league, 
the number one shutdown corner in the league. This is not just hyperbole. Jalen Ramsey. We know what Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, the tight ends, and they found a running back in Cam Akers. 2024 is when the Rams will have a first round pick. They'll have gone seven straight seasons <laughs> without selecting a player in the first round. But to your point, they've acquired known assets, known players with those first round draft picks. So it's acquiring the known versus drafting the unknown. It has worked to a certain extent for the Rams, yet they seem to be kicking the can down the road, if you will, as far as one, when it comes to salary cap, and then two, trying to build young and keep this sustained. How sustainable is this when you have a quarterback with Matthew Stafford who is under contract for two more years? Maybe he could play for another four, five years, yet where is this development coming from? Because you're an injury or two away if you're the Rams from all of a sudden being back at square one. And as you pointed out, they are going all in in 2021, 2022, and maybe to a certain extent, 2023. If they don't hit, then you have to look back and say, yes, this was a mistake. But I don't fault the Rams for looking at what they had in their own cupboard and saying, look, we've reached our peak with Jared Goff at the quarterback position. We can improve, and I do believe they have improved at that position with Matthew Stafford, yet to what cost? And that part of this equation, this conversation, we won't know for several years. Well, you know, when Jared Goff was, you know, um, and again, down the stretch, people were saying, well, his cap number uh, for the previous season was 35.5. He was making more than Aaron Rodgers. And that doesn't equate. I mean, right now, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Ben Roethlisberger, and then it was Jared Goff, and then it was Aaron Rodgers, and then Kirk Cousins, Carson Wentz, Dak Prescott, and Matt Ryan. So it just it didn't match. Um, but again, uh, you know, Sean McVay was asked multiple times, uh, at least in the second half of the season, to consider benching him, and he said no. And I think it was more like you got to play better. Um, if you're going to be the guy and, and, and it lingered to the off season and they were, you know, they did the old, he's a, he's a Ram right now. What day it is. And then you, you knew that once Stafford went to management and they were on the same page. And, and, and I thought Mitch album, who's a really good writer had a great, you know, um, column from the Detroit free press saying they did the right thing with Matthew Stafford and the, and the organization for the lions, they're going to stack up on draft picks and we'll see what golf does there. Yeah, the Lions pick seventh this year. Do they select a quarterback? My guess is they don't because now you want to try to build around Jared Goff, but they've got five first-round picks now over the next three years. So they seem to be set. If it doesn't work out with Jared Goff, they can cut their losses in a couple of years. Take a hit, yes, but still move forward with those draft picks. Different story with the Rams, on the other hand. And for the Cardinals, you know, you're going to have to sit here and once again, we're talking about leapfrogging Seattle, the Rams, what happens with the 49ers. So another hurdle has been placed in front of the Cardinals with respect to this Kingsbury-Murray era, if you will, going into 2021. The division, from my standpoint, just got a lot tougher. Yeah. And, you know, I think at some point, maybe we mentioned it in the offseason, I recall, you know, where does Kyler Murray rank? In the, in the division as a quarterback position. And, you know, first of all, you got to give it to, uh, you know, Russell Wilson. He seems like he wants to play till he's 40 or 45 and they've been successful, but you know, they're, they change coordinators. 
And then I thought Kyler Murray on paper, um, I'm looking at, you know, projections. And then I thought I would take Kyler Murray over Jimmy Garoppolo and Jericho. Um, for one season, I, you, you would think Matthew Stafford could be the second best quarterback in the division. Doesn't mean that Kyler Murray. Um, but, you know, teams normally look out three years, Craig, four years. Um, clearly, the Cardinals, uh, you're going to have to improve from eight and eight. Uh, nobody's going to accept an eight and eight season. You know, injuries do occur. Uh, how did you lose those games? How did you finish? How did you start? There's all there going to be a lot of uh, objects that we're going to be talking about. But, you know, and, and then if you're Cliff and in, in, in the front office, you know, how important is next year? Well, they're looking at two and three years out, but it's a win mode now. Um, so it's going to be interesting. But I still think you got to have a better division record. Uh, we are intrigued after 2-0, and and then they finished 2-4. and um, Conference wins. We talked about the Carolina game. We talked about the Detroit game. I know you're not going to go 16-0. and uh, You try to take care of business, um, you know, in the AFC. And, you know, unfortunately, they lost two games to the Patriots and Dolphins. And, you know, that didn't help. So, um you know, if the Cardinals are going to be in the race, I mean, the, the record has to get to nine, 10 or 11 wins. That's, I mean, it's simple as that. You look and you brought up the records of these two quarterbacks against the Cardinals. I want to touch on that once again, Bird Gang, because if you are looking at this move from a division standpoint and the numbers overall, when you look at Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff, yeah, you'd much rather face Jared Goff, but the Cardinals have had their struggles against Goff. Seven and one, 11 touchdowns, three interceptions. They have had better results when it's Matthew Stafford. You brought it up three, four, and one in those eight games, 12 touchdowns, eight interceptions. Golf is a little bit more mobile. The bootlegs, the waggle plays, that seemed to disrupt the Cardinals more than anything, especially this past season. Stafford's going to stand in the pocket, he's not going to move around. Yeah, you have to be careful about the deep shots because, as you pointed out, he has a much stronger arm. From a defensive standpoint, it might be better to face a Matthew Stafford, even though he is a better quarterback. And I don't know if I'm talking myself into circles here, Burgang, if you can understand it, but numbers-wise, Jared Goff better against the Cardinals. Yet I would much rather face a Matthew Stafford just because I know that he is going to be stationary in that pocket. Now he's a lot smarter. He's seen a lot more. Can he dissect an opposing defense quicker than Jared Goff? Absolutely. So you have to pay attention to that as well. I never liked playing Jared Goff, even though he was up and down. He always seemed to be on the high whenever it was time to play the Arizona Cardinals. Every other week, you weren't sure what you were going to get. Stafford, I think, is kind of the same thing, yet I do believe he is a better quarterback, but maybe easier to defend. And I think, you know, I'm kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth here a little bit. But just looking what we've seen from Matthew Stafford against the Cardinals, he seems to be more beatable than a Jared Goff. And that just might be the only – that just might be a Cardinals thing, and you can't look at every other team that way. Well, let's go back to McVay's first year with Jared Goff. I mean, he's feeding the plays. I mean, he, you know, it's not like they were snapping the ball with 25 seconds, but, the, you know, the, the, head, the headset to the quarterback speaker goes at the 16-second mark. They say 15, but it's actually 16. And, and so, um, and, and then they showed some videos over the weekend just how tough Matthew Stafford is. I mean, getting hit and going back in the game and leading them down to a drive. I think it was when Calvin Johnson went. And I'll give Goff credit because he did have thumb surgery. There were pins in there. And he said that 
they'll be in there his entire life. They're not going to be removed. So I give him credit there. But Stafford is just more of an experienced quarterback. Uh, you're not going to have to force feed him things. He'll he'll pre-snap, post-snap. He'll change the play. He does run some of those 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 um, waggle plays, the bootlegs, so he can get out. But you're right. He sits in the pocket, and you know they're not asking him to hold the ball for three seconds. You got Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. Um, you know, obviously they got some young receivers in Reynolds and, and Jefferson. So yeah, I, I think the offense will be better. And again, they don't have to outscore teams because of that defense. And 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 in run games because now you, you you could run Cam Makers in the ground like you did with Todd Gurley and, and he catches the ball in the backfield and Henderson's coming back so um, you know they went run it back by committee but I, I think they're going to go back to the, the bell cow and that's going to be Cam Makers so I do think they're going to be a better team with Matthew Stafford at quarterback and the Cardinals will see the Rams and Stafford twice they will see golf however in 2021 because seemingly the Cardinals play the Lions every single year but for a fifth straight season Cardinals and Lions so we are not quite done with Jared Goff just yet so keep that in mind well and and some some of the guys the Cardinals have faced over the years. He's a big time free agent, and uh, I don't know if the injury precluded him from being there, or he's because a free agent and didn't feel like you know he needed to come back. He wants to be healthy. And then Kenny Galladay, uh, here's see what he because you don't normally see those guys hit the market. Um, you know, you usually try to extend them, and then maybe you trade them down the road, like you know DeAndre Hopkins and Stephon Diggs, and they get extensions. So it's going to be interesting. But just based on Dan Campbell. I think they're going to be a physical team. Um, you know, I don't know about fighting uh, kneecaps and everything else, but I just think you, you better bring your hard hat uh, when you play them. And I think you can say the same thing about Joe Judge's teams, Mike Vrabel's teams. And that's what hopefully the Cardinals can come because physicality at the line of scrimmage is really where the game is won. We can sit here and window dress the receivers. Um, but I do think they're going to be a physical team and they're going to try to run the ball. And that should help golf overall. But um, yeah, it's interesting. We're going to play in five consecutive years without Matthew Stafford. By the way, the Lions do travel to SoFi Stadium coming up this season. So Jared Goff and the Rams, Matthew Stafford and the Lions, we'll see what the NFL schedule makers decide to do with that contest, whether that's a just a normal Sunday game or maybe a Monday night or a Sunday night because funny how these storylines in the offseason kind of lead to what the schedule looks like down the line yeah and I don't know how many primetime games the Lions will get just based on the record you know new coach new quarterback but yeah that'd be interesting and I'm sure Jared Goff uh, when the schedule comes out he's going to circle that game because he's going to have a chip on his shoulder knowing they didn't want me anymore and one thing he told Silver as we pointed out it's nice to be wanted so uh, you go from disappointment, and, and when they called him, his dad called, and he he got off the phone real quick. He's like, "I'm okay, I gotta go. My dad's calling." Uh, but it's got to be because uh, he grew up in Cal, and McGinnis told me, and Jeff Fisher, when he uh, the, the day of the draft, Stan Kroenke didn't want to know who they're gonna pick, but he asked him before the draft because I'm taking the kid from Cal. Uh, I think it's gonna help us. Um, we know he's he's a tough player, getting hit as much as he did. Um, so when that came to that, but you go from LA to Detroit. Now, again, Detroit's a blue collar type city. It reminds me of Niagara Falls and Buffalo. Um, they're hardcore. They love their team. Um, but it's got to be a just an eye opener. And for Matthew Stafford, who spent nine years, whatever it was, from 2004 to now, or, or 
2009 to now. Yeah, 11 years. Now he's going back. He's going to Los Angeles. So it's just different off the field for both of those families. Bird Gang, if you haven't already, make sure you update to the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today. The update features an all-new redesigned home screen experience. Visit azcardinals.com slash app for more. So the first name we brought up when we were talking today here on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, Deshaun Watson. And I know his name has been thrown out there a lot with respects to these teams looking for quarterbacks or an upgrade at quarterback. The Rams, based off their conversations, certainly were leaning towards moving on from Jared Goff. They now officially have, or I should say unofficially, official come March 17th. But the other team in this division, MJ, that is perhaps in the need or looking to improve at quarterback, the 49ers, and perhaps Watson and San Francisco might be a fit. But if you're going to tell me that in order to acquire Matthew Stafford at the age of 33 years old, when he turns 33 later on next week, that it's going to cost you a starting quarterback, two first-round picks, and a third-round pick, what's the haul, whether it's the 49ers or some other team, and let's hope for the division standpoint, it's not Watson going to San Francisco, but how much is Deshaun Watson worth if you're the Texans and you move on from him? Uh, great question. Uh, initially it was three number ones and then they won a couple players. And then John McLean tweeted out two number ones, two twos, and then two defensive players and not just fringe players, starters, plug and play guys. Cause you know, clearly, and I think, I think if you're the jets, I mean, uh, are they married to Sam Darnold? I, I don't know if the Texans would have any interest. Uh, I, I honestly, Craig, it's, it's, I can't say it's January anymore. It's February 1st, but, they, they're adamant they're not trading him. Now, again, uh, you know, if he wants to miss off-season workouts, which are going to be virtual, um, he can miss training camp. He can miss preseason games. But he's making close to $36 million. That's 17 game checks. And they did, they did keep the same coordinator um, so he can plug and play. He may not show up until week one. Um, but I, I, I just – I have a hard time thinking they're going to trade them. I do. And, and again, three or four first-round picks sounds good, but you're talking about a 25-year-old quarterback where, you know, he led the league in passing yards and the team only won four games. And so I um, I don't know. I mean, I get it, mortgage in the future. But, like, for an example, if you're Urban Meyer at Jacksonville, and Urban Meyer's been scouting Trevor Lawrence, um, he's mature, He's, he's, he grew up in a small town, so it's a good fit there. And Urban Meyer has been quoted as saying, I tried to re recruit Deshaun Watson at Ohio State, but Clemson had a better plan for him. We didn't get him. But he said, I always liked that guy. But, you know, here, if you're Jacksonville, you're building for the future. I don't see them, you know, giving up three or four first-round picks to acquire Deshaun Watson. So, um, but I, as of today, uh, I still, I, I, I respect what the Texans are doing. I know there hasn't been ideal when the front office and who's calling the shots, uh, the owner. Um, but hey, you signed the contract. Uh, unfortunately, you weren't part of the process. And e even if they would have hired Eric Bieniemy, I don't know if this per uh, thing would have been resolved. So I know it's you know people are, are you know equating it to the NBA. Uh, I talked to somebody that's been in the front office. He said, if you're the best player on the team, you can force your way out. Um, if you're a fringe player, hey, 
you don't show up, we'll, we'll find you 35,000 day. And usually they take those fines away, but he is under contract. So I, I, I can appreciate what the Texans are doing. Players should not dictate um, when you sign a contract and made him the highest paid player behind Patrick Mahomes. So I, I don't, I'm not in favor of that stuff. It's fascinating to see what the Texans do, because if you're 30 other teams around the league, obviously the Chiefs are set with Patrick Mahomes. The Texans are the team that will be in this situation as far as letting go a franchise quarterback. But 30 teams should be picking up the phone and saying, all right, what's it going to take? Now, some are more be more realistic than others. But we'll say this when it comes to the Arizona Cardinals. I can say this for certain here on this Monday edition, the first day of February 2021, Kyler Murray is better than Deshaun Watson. And we have the proof here on Cardinals Cover 2, MJ, because for those that might have missed it on Sunday, the Pro Bowl, Kyler Murray led the NFC past Deshaun Watson and the AFC. Of course, this was a virtual event played on Madden 21, but let the record show. And there are one quarter of action. K1, seven, Watson, six, in their five minutes going head-to-head on Madden 21. So props to Kyler Murray proving everyone that he is better, at least better video game quarterback than Deshaun Watson. I I thought you were going to say on February 1st, we can tell you the Cardinals are not in uh, in the equation when it comes to acquiring Deshaun Watson. Contrary to what you hear, speak louder for the b- people in the back of the room. There's a, there's a handful of teams. I, Russ, uh, are the Seahawks calling? I mean, you could, but – and I know Russell Wilson, you know, I mean, he's a franchise quarterback. I, I think there's five to eight teams. Do you think the Bills are calling and they got Josh Allen? No. No. I, I guess and you can upgrade every position, but all of a sudden you got to acquire the contract. The Bills are, are going to reward Josh Allen. So, uh, once again – the Cardinals will not be entertaining uh, uh, the trade to Kyler Murray. So when you hear this, it's all, you know, and we have no problem speculating hypotheticals, but let's be, uh, let's get down to reality here. Okay. The Cardinals, they want to see what Kyler Murray can do. If we had this conversation a couple of years from now, then it's fair. By the way, did you happen to catch any of the virtual Pro Bowl that was played during the afternoon and televised later on Sunday on the NFL Network? I did. I didn't watch the entire thing, and, and I didn't know how the quarterbacks were going to go, but Kyler Murray was still the quarterback in the fourth quarter. So he he obviously didn't lose. Snoop Dogg and Marshawn Lynch, Keyshawn, him and him and Kyler had, were a little tongue-in-cheek because Keyshawn was a little bit negative, and Kyler, you know, we, you talked about it when he brought this up. What's he do after games? Plays video games, whether it's Madden or Call of Duty. or um, I'm not surprised that he won. And I love the fact that they show those guys setting up their houses, Leonard Fournette with the TV and Murray. He's got his nice chair and he's, and they, and they got these paint brushes that they clean their uh, joysticks off or whatever they call it. Don't need to age myself, you know, but it was, uh, I love it. And it was right up his alley. It was right up his alley. And and he's also doing something for Verizon this week where he's making the, uh, the virtual calls, uh, Rich Eisen, Dan Patrick, uh, pro football talk. So you get a chance to listen to Kyler Murray since we haven't really talked to him since the end of the season. And they're going to do Call of Duty on, on Sunday. So he's in his element. He's at home. Um, he's, he's an introvert. He doesn't like to go out. So now I want Kyler Murray to translate this to the football field. 
because uh, he was in the MVP conversation. We know what his skill set says, uh, but he's got to take that next step. And we saw Josh Allen do it uh, and with the same coordinator. And, you know, and then we saw Baker Mayfield with the new head coach take the, take the next step. We've seen Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, get him some more weapons. He's taking the next step. So it's, it's important for Kyler to take that next step. And hopefully, based on what we saw from a tweet, um, he knows he's got to put the work in. Um, but you got to do it, as you said, not one day. You got to do it every day. And it's got to be consistent. And once you can get to that point, um, I think, you know, I wouldn't say sky's the limit, but I think, you know, from a quarterback standpoint, uh, the Cardinals cannot continue to start over. And you, you got to have some stability, whether this team wins 10 or 11 games or eight games. You, you just can't keep pushing the reboot button. You do it on your computer. You can't hit, keep hitting and reset. You need stability and continuity. And hopefully that's the case moving forward. Going back to the Pro Bowl discussion, there have been players, though, that have used Madden 21 or whatever version of Madden that they play to either, one, familiarize themselves with new teammates, kind of get a familiar, the virtual look of what opposing defenses or opposing offenses might look like. We know Carson Palmer was big on the virtual aspect. I don't think Kyler Murray is that way, but he'll use perhaps video virtuality as far as learning the NFL game and maybe getting better and picking up something here or there. I'm not saying it's a be all end all, but it is something that he uses to wind down, if you will, after a day of practice, after a day of film study, and then all of a sudden it's still football. And we know he's 24 seven. He loves the game, whether it's on the field, actually participating or in his home participating virtually. Yeah. They were showing promos and, Oh, it was funny, Craig. When 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 he was he would go through like the plays he's going to run. Everything was three and four wide. Um, sometimes he was out of the shotgun. I noticed he was out that. Of the shotgun. He was never under center. Right. Sometimes he would run the ball. I think it was when they had to lead the fourth quarter. Like Kyler, this is you know just keep putting points up, score fifty. But how fast he was going through it. But everything was RPOs, and and there's different rules for. for I guess for the pro bowl where, you know, you can't blitz and all that stuff in that game, but it was fascinating. But I did, when they showed a promo, I did see him. I, I don't know. And we talked about it earlier. We know the Cardinals play the Titans this year, this upcoming season. It looked like though he was playing against the Titans. And I want to say it, it was in this, I don't think it looked like state farm stadium, but anyways, he was going against a three-four defense, uh, like a three-three-five defense, which is five defensive backs and a couple linebackers. So that's interesting that he's able to see that. Now it's a little bit different when the bullets are flying, but uh, to me it can't hurt. But you could tell he's really, when it comes to his offense and his what he wants to put out there, it, it's, it's really it's almost like watching Cliff call plays to a certain extent. Would obviously, you know, Kyler making the decisions for himself. For the record, not only did Kyler beat Deshaun Watson in their one quarter going head-to-head, -head, but the NFC beat the AFC 32-12. to And Kyler Murray was named MVP of this game, which if it's a real game, all of a sudden that's, that means something. So I don't know if this all of a sudden gets placed on his resume. You go from Offensive Rookie of the Year to Pro Bowler to Pro Bowl MVP. I don't know, perhaps, but... It is a nice little added award for one Kyler Murray. Yeah, and according to his agent, Eric Burkhardt, he tweeted out that he had an incentive in his contract if he was the uh, Pro Bowl MVP. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, 
he's collecting, uh, you know, awards, but I think he would trade all that stuff in right now to get a chance to play in the postseason because that's really, really where you're defined. You could be a really good regular season quarterback. And, and we talk about Matthew Stafford, never won a playoff game, you know, uh, Jim Kelly never won a Super Bowl, but that, that's, and that's where Larry, his coming out party was. I mean, you, you see it. So, and, and now we're, we were, we're seeing some other new players in the postseason, guys like um, Levante David, who's been underrated for a long time, uh, Devin White, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. And so it's, it's nice to see, but it really comes down to players. And that's why the Cardinals got to, they got to add to that offense, get that running game going, uh, be physical at the point of attack, uh, because, you know, um, at one point they were number one and you and I didn't really focus on it because it was only total yards, but there, there is something to say that it could offense could be now they finished seventh in rushing. Usually they've been in the top three. Um, so there are areas where they have to improve if they want to get there. But I like the fact that um, if he's able to get anything out of that, it's different than the virtual because the virtual, you can see everything around you. Carson had bought one and put him at his home. Um, but again, deep and deep more in the playbook. And then obviously the film film, look, start looking at your opponents and if they change coordinators or whatever, you'll know more in the off season. So uh, it looks like he's up for the task. Now you got to do it. That leads us to our next discussion here on Cardinals cover two presented by Hyundai proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. First though, need to remind the bird gang, to subscribe to Arizona Cardinals podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Listen to your favorite shows on the go, like Cardinals Underground, The Big Red Rage, The Cardinals Red Sea Report, and of course, this show, Cardinals Cover 2. Never miss an episode. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. So we got the Super Bowl this week, and we'll have more on that later on. We had the Pro Bowl on Sunday. And then the Senior Bowl on Saturday, which ended a week-long worth of activities at Mobile and Alabama. And that is where the Cardinals now really need to focus. Yes, free agency comes first. Yet, now you're talking about getting ready for the draft in April. And there were several players that stood out, not only during the game on Saturday, but during the practices. Just want to touch on a couple, MJ, but I'll let you go first as far as, and not so much maybe that the Cardinals might have an eye on, but whether it's a position group or different names that fans should be aware of when it comes to what they did and whether they were able to separate themselves in this several days of practice and then obviously the game on Saturday. Yeah, good question. Um, and just for, let everyone know, um, there's no NFL combine this year. They're going to have regional combines. Um, I think, you know, there's going to be a, maybe a, a certain amount of people that can attend a pro day. Um, there'll be no visits to the facility. Um, so it's, it's going to be similar to last year, but um, no combine. That's where, so the senior bowl is really uh, the best thing in the offseason. And Jim Nagy, a former scout, does a great job. And the fact that they got through it because of COVID, he started working on it last in March, and they were doing daily testing. Now, normally each team sends 10 representatives there, and a lot of times the coaches would be on the field. They were in the stands this year. You did have the Dolphins staff and then Matt Rule and the Panthers staff um, there. And a couple coaches had COVID, like Joe Brady, so he wasn't there. And, then, and so – for a lot of guys that went to small schools or guys that, that opted out, um, you know, they haven't played football in a year. It, it's, it's one of the best job interviews. Um, obviously 
when you get to the regional stuff, they're going to have um, eight teams at these regional stuff, and they will share medical information with the, each other club. So that's how they're going to benefit from that, because one of the reasons why they went to Indianapolis is because they had a hospital connected to the uh, the hotel and, and, and uh, the, the, the cold stadium. And they would bring in semi trucks. So here they're going to be at a. So the, to me, the Senior Bowl was you finally get a chance to look at these guys. Now scouts have been on Zoom calls with position coaches, head coaches, um, strength coaches. There they were allowed to do that. But to me, it was just a big job interview. And you know, uh, you start looking at you know some of the corners. Um, you keep seeing some of the mocks, and you know, I, I wonder if you're the Cardinals. Considering you only have five draft picks, you're picking 16th overall. And once again this year, if four quarterbacks come off in the top 10, that's going to help them position-wise. But do you go best available player? Do you try to trade down a couple spots, still get the guy you want, and then pick up maybe an extra third? Um, so it's going to be fascinating what they do. I don't see them moving up uh, unless they acquire more picks in the offseason by trading players. So I don't – I think realistically – sit at 16. So I looked at a couple of running backs, Craig, uh, Javante Williams from North Carolina, 5'10", 220. Um, he's, he's compared to Aaron Jones. Um, he's a, his biggest weakness is workload, but he's a violent running style. He's projected to go somewhere in the second round. Um, his rushing grade from pro football focus, 96 in, and then zone grade, 90, 90 gap grade, and then uh, elusive rating. So, I think when you look at Chase Edmonds' size, you're going to have to bring in a back that's – and I think Wolf's been all over this too – about 5'11", 220, 225 pounds because that guy has to take the pounding. And, and Nigel Harris and uh, Travis uh, ETM, uh, they're going to be higher picks. Now, they're, they're explosive players. Now, we know um, if Chase is going to be your bell cow, I don't see the Cardinals taking a guy – in the first round. Now, a guy that's very intriguing to me, and uh, we saw, got a chance to see him play at Florida, is Kylie Pitts, tight end, 6'6", 235. Now, you know, he could go in the top 15. Um, you know, curious to see what the Bel – because Belichick's picking it before the Cardinals. Of course, he can wheel and deal with draft picks. So, if you're going best available player, yes, you like Dan Arnold. But this guy would be, you know, a guy that can stretch the field. You put him up there with Darren Arnold, and all of a sudden you got two tight ends that, you know, have speed. Of course, Max Williams got to stay healthy. So they stood out. And then I was looking at some interior alignment, you know, guys that could possibly draft in, in the mid-rounds. And there's a kid named Landon Dickerson from Alabama, 6'6", 325, redshirt senior. He was a four-star recruit. He improved throughout his career there. Uh, grown man strength. He did have a torn ACL uh, previously. He missed some time, um, but his his grades are off the charts. And just the way he's able to move people, so he's a second or third round pick there. And lastly, and I'll let you go is a guy named Creed Humphrey, Oklahoma, six five three twenty. Um, he's a guy that can play the the interior, strong hands compared to uh, Graham Glasgow. Playing with leverage is something he's having to work on. So. Um, personally for me, and maybe we'll start getting into this over the next couple of weeks, but I want to get better in the trenches. And I guess we're going to have to wait for free agency. I know the Cardinals are intrigued with some of the guys on the offensive line. Um, I know that they like Jordan Phillips when he's healthy, uh, lucky, and then Rashad Lawrence, but he got to get the interior to line. So I, if I had a guess today, besides corner, if you lose Peterson, I want to go big, I want to go D line or O line. 
just to protect Kyler Murray or be able to put pressure on the quarterback. And I like that. And that's where I think you'll find a lot of players. If you listen to a Daniel Jeremiah, Bucky Brooks, Mel Kiefer Jr., Field Yates, they all say that there is good depth in this draft class at offensive line, but not so much at defensive line, at least when it comes to defensive tackle, the interior of the defensive line. Yeah, there's defensive ends and edge rushers, but as far as getting the push up the middle, there's just not a lot to like as far as there's a huge drop-off between the top tier and then everyone else. But offensive line, you can find center, guard, tackle. And the one name was the Division Three product, University of Wisconsin-Whitewater, big center Quinn Menoritz, who reportedly played last week with a broken bone in his right hand. But here he was you couldn't miss him. I mean, he was one, he's a mammoth man, but then he wears the crop top. So he shows his belly, but he was moving players left and right. The only thing I'll say this is if you're pigeonholed as a center, it's a little bit more difficult because they like the versatility to move, whether it's the right side or the left side. But what you didn't see during practices this past week with the centers is, can you make that line call? I don't need a very athletic center. For example, Lyle Senline went undrafted. Great center for the Arizona Cardinals. A.Q. Shipley, what do we always say about him? Short arms. doesn't matter. You have to be intelligent. You have to be smart. You have to be that quarterback of the offensive line and make all the line calls and make sure everyone is in position. So when you talk about the center position and if you're looking for an upgrade, it's not so much how big, how strong you are, but it's what's between the ears, at least for me when I look at that center position, but Quinn Minneritz, hope I'm pronouncing the last name correctly. He was the one name that really everyone was talking about during the entire week at the senior bowl. Yeah. And, and, you know, we've seen the teams draft a player who played, you know, left tackle. And then all of a sudden he's playing right guard. I mean, position flexibility is huge. And if you can play, if you could snap the ball and, and granted, maybe not, he doesn't start from day one, but you should be able to play guard. And one thing about him is, is because he's, you know, he's got that crop top and his belly sticking out is he didn't play last year and he spent some time in Canada. And I don't know if you got a chance, but he was throwing logs around and he, and he's, he, he would do his technique on a tree, you know, with a, with a handout, you know, cause you're supposed to have that first punch when you try to get the fat pass rush, but it's amazing. Hassan Reddick. He's at Temple. Okay, he goes down there and he rushes the passer. And it's like, go back to the film. I mean, but again, I, I you know, we always say the Combine's the biggest interview, and it always has been. But Senior Bowl was huge. And, you know, the fact that Brian Flores and Matt Rule got a chance to see these players, uh, I wouldn't be surprised when it's all said and done. Now, you know, there's 80, 90 guys there. Um, but, I, you know, when, when you get a chance to coach down there, I think you take a liking to a certain player. And Jeremy Chin uh, was a guy who really stood out last year. And obviously, he was a good pick for the Panthers. So, um, but yeah, the senior bowl this year to me, um, now because you, you had guys from small schools going against guys that played in the SEC and, and the Big Ten, you know, we know the Big Ten produces a lot of good offensive linemen. So you kind of gauge where they are. Um, and again, uh, what's their love of, of football? Are they, can they create their own work ethic? There's a lot of things. 
that goes into this process. But give Jim Nagy a lot of credit because I think a lot of people are going to go back to that senior bowl film because that's the last thing you saw versus the 40 time. And for a guy that didn't play like Quinn, um, you really got to do your homework. But he definitely has put himself in that conversation to possibly, I don't know if it's a first or second round pick. And I will tell you this, uh, the draft is lacking, as you pointed out, which I wasn't aware of, also legitimate pass rushers, edge guys. And that's why free agency is going to be interesting for a guy like Hassan Reddick. The other good news for the Cardinals and picking number 16 is how Mac Jones, the quarterback out of Alabama, performed during the week of practice. He did not play in the game because he rolled an ankle earlier in the week, but not a concern as far as his future. But he might have moved himself into that top 15 status to where if you're the Cardinals, that's great because it pushes another quality player down to you. But if you could have four, maybe five quarterbacks selected in the first 15 picks, now all of a sudden, yeah, you're picking 16 if you're the Cardinals, yet on the surface, you're getting a top 10 talent, not a quarterback. So whether that's a corner, an edge rusher, an offensive lineman, defensive lineman, a wide receiver, or a tight end, as many quarterbacks as possible. We know Trevor Lawrence is going to go number one. There's Zach Wilson. And then perhaps maybe a Mac Jones can move his way up to become the third or fourth guy. Justin Fields is another one out of Ohio State. But for me, MJ, just keep pushing that quarterback narrative to where now all of a sudden someone that might have been a top 20 or excuse me, a top 10 pick slips to 16 at the Cardinals selection. Yeah, and we were, we were having that same conversation last year. Yes. And we'll have the same conversation as long as Kyler Murray's on that rookie deal. Yeah. Um, and d- don't forget Trey Lance, too. Correct. He only played one game, wasn't, wasn't productive, but he comes from that North Dakota State where obviously Carson went. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. And Mac Jones, uh, you look at Belichick, he always took players from Rutgers. Um, he takes players from uh, Alabama, Ohio State. Because those, those, those schools, Craig, they play a pro-style offense and defense. And you will learn because of coaching. I mean, I think they got three former head coaches right now on the Alabama staff that were in the NFL, Bill O'Brien, Doug Marone, could be a third one. Um, so they, they coach you like it's in the NFL. And so those guys adapt quicker. And if he gets any intel from Nick Saban, he may have to move up. To get that for now, we'll have to wait and see in free agency. Um, is there a quarterback that he likes? Uh, we'll see. But I, to me, when it comes to Belichick and his intel with Urban Meyer and Ryan Day, uh, and then Nick, Nick Saban, and he's got so many connections around the country. So, yeah, you know, but I do think that'd be a viable option uh, if you get four or five before the Cardinals pick. It is early bird gang, but just some early names with respects to how things might shuffle for the Cardinals at pick number 16, but do keep in mind that free agency factors into this as well. And free agency comes ahead of the draft at the end of April. And on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.